everybody and welcome to true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters this is katie weaver and i am here with my partner in crime and sister christy brower hello hello it's halloween week Woo-hoo! yes it is and we have big doings we do we do i mean today of course mm-hmm. because we're putting this is a patreon special that we're yes. putting out today so we're very excited to share it with all of our patrons that we love and adore mm-hmm. You know, and I know we've said it before, but I'm going to say it again to make sure that you guys, you patrons have heard this. The uh, cemetery tour we took, you guys paid for mm-hmm. part of it. You did. You did. We were able to take uh, what we're getting from Patreon to put towards that trip, and you guys helped fund that trip. So I, I hope you know how much we appreciate your contributions, how much they're helping us to be able to do cool stuff and Absolutely. more cool stuff coming in the spring. and. You know, it's just, we appreciate it so much, but we want you to know it's going to some pretty awesome places. Yeah, it is. It is definitely, yeah, much, much appreciated. Uh Uh-huh. But also, (laughs) so that's the one thing I want to make sure we said. But yes, Mm -hmm. it's a a great Halloween week. We have this Halloween special, Mm -hmm. but then Saturday is Halloween and we are watching Witches. Yes, the new one. Yeah. You know, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. I'm curious to see how they handle it. Because when I watched it, I was like, oh, wow, the special effects are so bad in this original show, you know? And uh, I thought, oh, my gosh, they're going to be so much better in the new one. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. I know. I've heard from some of my clients have seen it already and said that it's awesome. So Good. That's exciting. Yeah, it's very good. But before we get going on this special, how are you? I know you've had quite the week. You know, I'm okay, but I would really like it if things would stop breaking at my house. That'd be really cool. Um, I had a sewer backup in our basement yesterday. Ooh, isn't that fun? That's a crappy situation. uh, It was a very crappy situation. Fortunately, we live in an old house that has concrete floors in the basement, like in our laundry room and our furnace room, and they have drains. We have drains in the floor. So the backup was on concrete floors. So not nearly as horrible as it could have been, which was good. But yeah. just as we were calling the uh, plumber to get that fixed, her little dog went outside, came back in, and her leg just puffed up like she'd broken it or gotten stung by something, and she couldn't put any weight on it. It was awful. So then we had to go to the vet, and, and it, it was a sting of some sort. We actually found the spot where she was stung. I think we got the stinger out. We were working on it today, and she's on some medicine from the vet. Uh, poor girl. She's been through it. Oh, yeah. And then today, our drive quit. <laughs> so like hey that's it okay three you know go yeah. comes in threes we've had three that's enough <laughs> no more of this shit that'll be that yes that's yeah well damn well here's hoping that is the end of it for sure yeah. and that the dryer is an easy fix as well i hope so it's been making a weird sound for a while so it's pretty much our own fault but mm. i think it's a belt it just won't well, turn now and you're like ah it's probably just a belt so Probably. Well, damn. Well, I hope Zeke's get you know feeling better. That just sucks. Well, it's still pretty sore and swollen. She doesn't really mm-hmm. want to walk on it very much. The vet told me to massage it and try to move some of the edema out. So I've been doing that. And she looks at me kind of like, eh, thank you. You know, like, 
oh. get like 30 seconds in and then she's like got her mouth on my hand like i'm not gonna uh -huh. bite you but i could <laughs> but this is my warning shot yeah yeah so then i'm like oh. okay i got it i got it i won't do it again <laughs> well mercury is retrograde and so yeah. that's prime time for stuff to break down but yes. good news it goes direct in a week so it, it actually goes direct on election day very strange very strange what that means but, i do not know i mean i'm not going to say what i think it means i don't know what it means i don't know i'm not going to speculate i'm not speculating on the election because i'm just not i can't do that to myself uh <laughs> well things are interesting here because one of our pigs is blowing her coat uh -huh. so Every year, pigs lose all their hair once a year and start over. And when they lose their hair, that's called blowing their coat. Most pigs that are reasonable build up a coat all winter long and they blow it in the spring. Yeah. But our little sow is not reasonable and she does it backwards. So I've no been noticing a few little black hairs on the floor. Normally, pigs are super clean, hypoallergenic. They don't stink. They don't shed. They nothing. Yeah. But uh, except for when they blow their coats and then it sucks for like a week. It's just like an avalanche of pig hair. Mm -hmm. And Scott, my husband, was petting her, kind of tugging on her mohawk today like he normally does and came away with a horrible handful of hair. It was <laughs> So anyway, I'm sharing a picture so that you guys can see uh, just uh, <laughs> what poor Fiona looks like right now. But Aww. anyway, so a week of uh, piggy shedding that's really isn't fun, but then she'll be naked for the winter. So I wish I could convince her. I wish I could convince her to quit doing it this way, but she uh, yeah. does what she wants. I don't know why she, she does, does this. Her brother blows his coat in the spring, like a reasonable pig would. Right. But yeah, that's so weird. Yeah. It is, but she's always been like this. So anyway, so that's that's the big uh, that's the big chaos at my house. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly things are fine. Well, I was going to say, um, I would take that over mine any day. Right? I, I feel like things are better. You may notice that I'm wearing one of our true crime paranormal t-shirts. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yes. And they're finally live. You guys can find them if you want one over on Etsy. Uh, it, they're in our store and our Etsy store is Joyful Goddess Designs on yeah. Etsy. So you just Get your search shirt. for it. We'll put it in the, in the uh description too of this video but you can find them there too so yeah get yourself a true crime paranormal or put it on your wish list anyway christmas is coming yes it is yeah well today we are doing a halloween special so we are <laughs> actually doing true crime halloween style yes. so we're going to share with you 10 crimes that happened on halloween some of them are solved so we're just basically going to share it and talk a little about it some of them are unsolved then on the unsolved ones we'll go ahead and throw a cold read out there so yeah. that's how we're going to go about this it's uh so hold on to uh you know hold on to your your pumpkins it's going to be a wild ride hold on to your pumpkins <laughs> it is because this first oh guy God. has screwed up halloween for all of us and now i know right. why right yes i know which story you're talking about and holy yeah. take it away let's go oh. Okay, so let's talk about Ronald O'Brien, or as he's been known, the man who killed Halloween, mm -hmm. or the Candyman, although I think the man who killed Halloween is a whole lot better. Yeah. So on Halloween in 1974, his son, Timothy, came home from trick-or-treating thinking he was having a fabulous Halloween as usual. Mm 
And his dad gave him one last piece of candy. It was a pixie sticks, which if you are of my generation, hello, best candy ever. So, of course, Timothy yeah. ate it immediately because it was a pixie sticks and it came from his dad. And within minutes, he was throwing up and he died on the way to the hospital. So apparently his dad told a bunch of different stories and blah, 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 lied his butt off as usual, as these guys are known to do. Mm. And finally, the police figured out that he was, in fact, responsible for his son's death because he poisoned the candy with cyanide. So you know why forever people have been afraid of kids getting poisoned candy on Halloween? It's this jackass's fault. Who poisoned his own kid. Who poisoned his own freaking kid. So I guess if you need to be worried, it's your own parents you need to be worried about. So Ronald O'Brien is the man who killed Halloween. What a jackass. And his son. Yeah. Well, it turns out he was in major debt. And so his way of solving that was he took out life insurance policies on his children. Super stand-up guy all the way around. So, so I wondered, mm, how, why this kid? Why this I mean, he kid? He had more than one kid. Yeah. Why this one? Uh, I think it's because it was easy. Like it's Halloween. He's eating candy. This is going to be super easy to poison him. Then he could blame it on the Halloween that other people or the other the candy other people gave him. I just feel like it was like convenience. Uh huh. What a jackass! He was convicted. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was given the death penalty by lethal injection. I'm not sure if he's been, um, I believe he was killed by the state. I, I kind of think he yeah. was. It's, yeah. This was a really long time ago, but thanks Ronald O'Brien for ruining Halloween. You jackass. Yeah. yeah. When you guys were kids, did you have to, you weren't allowed to eat any candy until either your parents inspected it or in some communities, they take it to the police department or to the hospital to have it inspected. They yeah. don't really do that anymore, I don't think. But when we were I kids, don't... that was very much a thing. It was, but this was in 1974. I was born in 75. So we were little kids, you know, shortly after all this went down. I can see why now. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this story until we were researching this. But now I'm like, me neither. hate that dude. What an idiot. Yeah. Poor yeah. kid. Jeez. Right? Horrifying. Having a good Halloween and gets poisoned by his dad that's awful yeah okay i fitting that he was you know executed by lethal injection right he should have had to eat a pixie stick full of cyanide cyanide. yeah that would have been fair Mm -hmm. and he should have had to eat like 10 of them and he didn't know which one had the cyanide in it just to make it worse (laughs) i like how you think yeah up Halloween for a lot of kids, besides murdering mm-hmm. his son. I mean, that is the most yeah. important part of this, but, you know. Yeah. I think he deserved to get it a little worse. I agree. He he feckered everything up. He Definitely. deserves some kind of a... Yep. Yeah. He should have, but they probably just or gave maybe him only the injection and put him to sleep, and it didn't even hurt, unlike his poor son. Right. Mm. I think cyanide lays candy corn, because first you'd have to eat candy corn, which, ooh. ooh. And then... Also be poisoned by cyanide. Okay. I got it. Yes. Yes. Better. Even better. Or those weird mm-hmm. little pumpkins. Ooh, yeah. Those wax pumpkins. Yucky. Mm-hmm. True. I know. You know, it's gonna, some people are going to like these and they're going to be sending us a note. It's okay if you like them. It's okay. It is. You're you allowed. You send us a note too. That's okay too. We're just it's not fine. fans. But yeah. if you like them, it's all right. You do yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right.
So now let's talk about Leslie Mazzara and Adrian Isogna. So this was Halloween 2004, and they were um, at their home in Napa, California. They'd been handing out candy to trick-or-treaters, and about 11 o'clock they went to bed, uh, kind of thinking they were done with the Halloween thing. And about, let's see. Sorry, I was looking at the time, but I the time's not in there. At some point, an, another woman was in the house, and her name was Lauren Mianza. So Mianza woke up to hearing screaming coming from the upstairs bedrooms. So being either the absolute terrible friend that she was or really smart, she ran out of the house, jumped in her car, and drove away, leaving Mazara and Asoga. <laughs> Dang it in Sogna behind, and they had been stabbed to death upstairs. Maybe she knew they were goners and she just had to get out of there. I don't know. She saved herself, which I think is pretty smart. So it turns out that a man named Eric Koppel, Eric Matthew Koppel, who was a friend of one of the victims, turned himself in and confessed to the murders, but he never told anybody why he did it. And he is serving life without parole at this point. But I don't know. What do you, what do you think about Mianza, uh, Lauren Mianza? What do you think about her just running out the door, getting in her car and driving away? <laughs> I, just, I feel like it was, I mean, it's reported that way, but I feel like it was actually an attempt to get help. Ah, okay. You know, that it, she didn't just jump in her car and drive away. She jumped, jumped in her car and drove somewhere to call for help. That she, that's true. Yeah. I, I'm sure that's probably the case. Yeah, but you this know, comes off funny. Like, oh, people are being killed. I'm out of here. You know, <laughs> I should leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's time to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's an awful. Well, it saved her life, and they were being stabbed. Yeah, probably not anything she could have done. Well, agreed, and and it feels to me like that was a crime of passion. I think there was some kind of a love situation going on there, or jilted love situation. Yeah. That yeah, somebody to I really question though, did they know Lauren was in, did he know Lauren was in the house? It's interesting that they were stabbed upstairs. She's downstairs. Yeah. I really think he didn't know she was in the house. I wonder if he had no he idea to be there. Her car was there though. It was. That's true. I don't know. Or if they were just those it's two were his mark. Obviously I didn't get all the details, but. Right. Well, I'm just thinking the two that he killed were his mark. You know, Lauren really wasn't. However, had she like run upstairs and tried to get in the middle of it, she probably would have been killed. She would have. I mean, I, I think getting out and get to get help was definitely a very smart thing to do. It just mm -hmm. comes across as funny. Like, oh, everyone's being murdered. I'm out of here. You know, it also makes you wonder, like, what has she had to live with? You know, has this been hopefully it's been a, you know, a thing where people assured her, hey, that was. You know, was the that right was the smart thing to do. But I'm sure there have been others that haven't. You know, I'm mm -hmm. this has probably created for her a, a lifetime of fear and guilt, too. And, and of course, it was the right thing to do. I mean, she was going to be killed, too. Oh, yeah. There was nothing she could have done. And the opportunity to get away was it's definitely the smartest thing to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So, how about another one here? So... Shirley Ledford was hitchhiking home from a Halloween party. This is a clue. 
Oh. Do not hitchhike home from any Halloween parties. This was in 1979. She didn't know it, but she was picked up by two men who were later identified as the toolbox killers. Yes. Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris. So they eventually were famous for picking up female hitchhikers and then torturing them with tools typically found in a toolbox. Jesus. Super gross and awful. Uh, apparently they took pictures of their victims during the tor torture and murders. And uh, this was their last murder. So they did torture and kill Shirley Ledford. And then they just sort of left her body on somebody's lawn. That's oh. a way to wake up in the morning and look out the window, right? Yeah. So she was their fifth victim. And after they killed her, a friend of theirs turned them in. Wow. Figured out that they were the toolbox killers and turned them in. Bittaker was sentenced to death, but he actually died in 2019 of natural causes. Now, he was in prison a long freaking time because this was in 1979 and he still had not been, uh, you know. Executed. Yeah. Yeah. Norris cooperated in the investigation. It sounds like he flipped on Bittaker and he was given 45 years to life. Wow. I believe he's still serving. So horrible story. And but 45 years to life for murdering five people. Right. I guess because they got Bittaker that way. Yeah. I don't know. And I guess at least in this way, they put them both away really for good. I mean, mm -hmm. weren't either of them going to get out at any time that was, you know, that they were going to be able to do anything else again. Yeah. But how horrible. It seems like any time a story story starts with there was a young woman that was hitchhiking, you this can pretty much into well. it the ending. Yeah, it's not a so, good ending. You know, let's learn from this, friends. As it's yeah. almost Halloween, please do not hitchhike home from a party. Yeah, that that was a thing of the past. I think for the most part, you know, I, it doesn't seem like people really see hitchhikers occasionally. Um, Once in a rare while, yeah. But no, I don't pick them up. I'll just say because I, yeah. you know. You can also flip the coin and say, well, she picked him up because he looked cold. And yeah, that never ends well either. No, no, no. Not that all hitchhikers are murderers. No one's saying that. No, no, but, uh, not at all. But it can go either way. Murder, situation. murderer, murdery. Yeah. Or none of the above, for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then let's talk about Martha Moxley. Now, this is interesting because this murder is actually unsolved. It was solved for a while, and now it's not. So the night before Halloween in 1975, uh, Martha Moxley, who was 15, she lived in Connecticut, and she went to a costume party. And on the morning of Halloween, she was found dead in the backyard, beaten to death by a golf club. Oh, so 25 years later, so not very long ago, Michael Skakel, who was 15 at the time that she was killed, was convicted of the murder and sentenced to 20 years to life in prison. He always maintained his innocence. And on May 4th of 2018, the Connecticut Supreme Court vacated his conviction. Wow. And in 2020, the case was reopened to the public. So her case is actually open. So Katie... Wow. What do you think about Martha Moxley? Do you think it was him? Do you think it was Michael Skakel? Or do no. you think it was someone else? 
No, I don't think it was him. And I also don't think that he knows who it was. Okay. I, I do feel like he was associated to this person and to the, you know, the other people and the, you know, that, that might have been suspects, but I don't think that he did it, nor do I think that he knows who did it. I do, however, feel like it was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I think it was two boys. Two boys. This feels to me almost like an initiation thing. Ooh. You know, like they had to kill somebody, you know, and that that's where it's at for me. But it wasn't him. But yeah, I do. I, I think that it was at least not classmates per se, but at least kids that lived in the area and that it was teenagers and that they that was their goal was to kill somebody. Wow. Yeah. Oof, that's awful. Do you think they'll pay for their crime? No, I doubt it. No, I don't think so. I suspect that these were kids that were trying to join a gang or a a something, you know, Mm -hmm. and they were, the the initiation was that they had to kill someone. I think they did it. And then I feel like a few years later, they got their heads on straight and actually moved on to just have pretty normal lives. They both know, you know, Mm -hmm. they both know. But neither one of them is going to say anything because I feel like they both moved on to have families, careers, you know, regular lives that they sure wouldn't want to upset by admitting that they killed somebody. You right. Know? Wow. Can yeah. you imagine living with something like that for that long? Can you imagine killing someone with a golf club? No. Oof. I, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, just the thought of all of it, the violence of that and the, uh, yeah, all of it. And then living with that, being a teenager and then becoming an adult and having children and mm-hmm. you know, realizing that you took somebody else's child away at 15. Oh, yeah. Well, and then 25 years down the road, hearing that another person was charged and convicted for it. Yeah. And you still are so selfish. And you still sit that, back and say nothing. Yeah. Yikes. And then can you imagine their relief when he was actually acquitted and then they didn't have to worry about it anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. This hate this one a lot. Life. No. No. Yikes. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. Last. Yeah, any, any time. What? <laughs> I said any time. <laughs> okay. Last on my list. So this was in 1992. Yoshihiro Hitori, sorry. He was a Japanese exchange student and he was in New Orleans. So he was trying to get to a party, um, but he wasn't familiar with the neighborhood, you know, he wasn't from there. And so he was having a hard time finding the house where the party was supposed to be. So he finally gets to this house that he thinks is the house of the party and he knocks on the door. Nobody answers. So he's heading back toward his car, thinking he's got the wrong thing, the wrong place. The door of the house opens And Hattori says to the person who opened the door, we are here for the party. But the man in the doorway just shoots him with a revolver and kills him right there. Uh, He was definitely at the wrong address. The homeowner was Rodney Pierce. He said he was scared and he thought that Hattori was trespassing on his property with criminal intent. I don't know how just knocking on somebody's door is trespassing with criminal intent. Um, Pierce was charged with manslaughter, but he invoked what is called the Castle Doctrine. This must mm-hmm. be a thing in which Americans claim they have the right to apply lethal means to protect their homes and was found not guilty. 
by a jury. Yeah. How the hell is knocking on the door criminal intent and trespass? Right. Such bullshit. Well, that law depends on state to state. I mean, most states, that law only applies if the person that is, you know, on your property actually has the means and the, uh, you know, is actually trying to do harm versus someone who just knocks on your door. So you blow them away. I mean, just so awful. But some states, you know, that castle doctrine or uh, another term for it. Yeah, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, in some states, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty clear cut. That's terrible. So it's sad for sad. that family. Well, it's such a sad thing. Yeah, his, so his family, of course, is in Japan when he gets murdered. Well, and- who the hell are you that you're such a chicken shit that you have to shoot somebody that's for knocking on your door? I mean, give me a break. I know. Like, get real. Yeah. Um, his dad said in a news article, sometimes I feel like he's still in America and sometimes he'll come and someday he'll just come back home. Yeah. Isn't that so sad? That is so sad. That is a terrible case. Yeah, yeah it is. It's awful. And the, that, that that guy got off for this. That's enraging. Yeah, yeah. it is. Enraging. Not okay at all. That's the neighbor everybody wants. Oh my gosh, right? Jesus. Like somebody just knocks on your door so you open the door and kill him? I mean, come on. This is just a yeah. kid who was at the wrong house. Ugh. Yikes. Terrible. All right. Well, this happened in the 1950s. There was a couple named Peter and Betty Fabiano, who, again, they had been doing, you know, a Halloween evening. They had been having trick-or-treaters and just, you know, doing Halloween at home. Mm -hmm. And they went to bed. And in the middle of the night, the doorbell rang. And they lived in Los Angeles. And Peter answered the door. And there was a woman on the other side of the door wearing a mask with a gun in a paper bag. How Hollywood is this? Very. And shot Peter straight in the chest and killed him. Wow. And the police eventually figured out that there was a woman named Joan Rabel who was having an affair with his wife, Betty. And Joan hired a woman named Goldine Pizer to murder him. Wow. So that they could potentially be together. Uh, Betty claimed to have no idea of the plan, that she had no idea this was going to happen, that this was, she had nothing to do with it, mm-hmm. and actually was never charged. Mm-hmm. So uh, Goldine, of course, uh, who did the, the killing, she was convicted of second-degree murder, and so was Rabel. Mm-hmm. They both were sentenced to five years to life in prison for this one. Um, but again... Betty got off scot-free on that one, but it was quite the whole, uh, the, uh, you know, Los Angeles shakeup there with, uh, right. Yes. Lesbian relationship. Well, yeah. Yeah. With the, the relationship, the with the murder, with the, you know, the mass killer, with the gun in the paper bag. I mean, it's, you know, that's a pretty proper Halloween murder, I would say. Right. I, I think so too, especially because it was a love triangle. I mean, you know, kind of right. checks all the boxes. Really does. Really does. But that's yeah. very sad. But poor Peter, all he did was answer the door. <laughs> However, I will tell you this. My gut feeling on this is that Peter was a belligerent jerk. I had felt like maybe earlier in the night they had been to a party or had some kind of uh, contact with this person. 
And, you know, he obviously didn't know that there was a relationship going on here, but I feel like she had witnessed him being a real ass to his wife. And she finally decided she'd had enough of it. I don't think that our Peter, you know, not that he deserved to be shot, but I don't think that Peter was innocent. I feel, I feel like Peter was not a good husband. And this was the, uh, this is kind of what came from it. It reminds me of that show last year. I don't know if you guys saw it on CBS called Why Women Kill. Oh, mm-hmm. did you see Why Women Kill? Oh my gosh. If you guys didn't, <laughs> if you've got some time on your hands, <laughs> that is a crazy if You're show. home with the coronavirus <laughs> or staying away from the coronavirus. You should watch that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All righty. Well, Johnny Frank Garrett was out on Halloween and decided to get himself into some trouble. And unfortunately, what he did was he broke into a convent and he got a hold of a nun and he raped and murdered her. Holy hell. The nuns, this was in 1981, Sister Tadia Benz was found naked in a convent. Uh, The nuns noticed a broken window in the community room. And they thought that was weird, so they called the police. And the police came, and they found her clothing and a knife underneath her bed. And then they found her naked and assaulted and had been stabbed to death. Oh, my God. So one of the nuns had actually seen this. He lived across the street from the nunnery or the convent. Mm. And someone had seen him running away earlier in the evening mm-hmm. and so the police arrested him and he was convicted and sentenced to death good yeah um why there was never a why as to why he would do such a horrific thing um, I, you know go ahead i feel like he was obsessed with that nun mm-hmm. um i feel like this was not just a random act I feel like that he had seen her before and had developed a really, you know, awful obsession with her. Mm -hmm. I think she was nice to him. I think she was nice to him, uh, you know, whereas other women had not been. But she Mm -hmm. was just, you know, doing her nun thing, you know, was was kind. I don't know. Not all nuns are kind. That's what I've heard. But she was a kind nun. (laughs) She wasn't whacking anybody with a ruler or anything. Yeah. No, yeah, I do feel like this was personal on his part, that this wasn't just random, that he he definitely yeah. had a really sick obsession with her. Yeah. Yep. But he was executed. And his last words were, I would like to thank my family for loving and supporting me. The rest of the world can kiss my ass. <laughs> so wow. very classy there, Johnny Frank Garrett, keeping it so classy, classy all the way murder, through. Rape and murder a nun and then, you know, tell everybody to F off at the end of your life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's quite the case. That's pretty terrible. Oh, that uh, is. Especially just thinking about families whose, you know, daughters go to a convent, whether that is a decision that uh, is hard for a family or they love they're going to assume that their daughter is safe. Yeah. You know, you would assume safety in that situation. Yeah, definitely awful. Well, there was another Halloween prank that ended really poorly. Mm. And this happened in 1998. So 
their 21-year-old Bronx resident Carl Jackson and his girlfriend were out on Halloween. They were picking her son up from a party and some teenagers threw eggs at their car. Hmm. One of those things that, uh, you know, teenagers apparently are wont to do on Halloween, though I hope they don't. Hmm. But things hmm. didn't happen. Well, Jackson was not going to put up with that, so he got out of the car and confronted these kids to tell them to stop and and probably was scary and in their face, you know, his car got egged. True. And one of the teenagers pulled out a gun and shot him in the head. Oh, God. Yep. He died instantly, and the kid was charged. His 17-year-old Curtis Sterling was charged and convicted for second-degree murder and uh, criminal possession of a weapon. Mm-hmm. He was sentenced to 20 years. Wow. And it's currently serving. Yeah. It's scary to think that, you know, a a confrontation like that can turn deadly so quickly, you know? Right. Right. That um, is is something that I always worry a little bit about, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you gotta be really careful. Like, all he had to do was keep driving. Yeah. All he had to do. And yet his car got egged. You know, I mean, you can understand why he got out of the car and why he was confronting these kids, you know. But he told the New York Times not too long ago that he gets a card on Halloween every year from Jackson's mother that says, I'm glad you're still in prison. (laughs) So good for her. I hope that makes her feel at least a little bit better. Kind of always wondered what you do with those Halloween cards. I've seen them in the store. Now now we know. (laughs) I have this great vision of one of those ones like the cute little girl that's dressed as a witch sitting on a pumpkin with a black cat on her lap, you know, you right. flip it open. I'm glad you're still in prison, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad she does that. I hope it helps. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. This happened in Michigan in 2010. 16-year-old kid named Devin Griffin came home on Halloween to play video games. He'd been at a church party and been out, uh, you know, Halloweening. And the home seemed too quiet. So he went to check on his family members and found his stepfather in his bed covered in blood. And when the police came, they found two more bodies, uh, Griffin's mother and brother. They were all dead. He just came home from a night of Halloweening and found his whole family dead. Oh, my God. And there was one family member missing that no one knew where they were. It was a stepbrother named William. And eventually they caught up with William to discover that he was the killer. Oh. So he beat his stepbrother with a hammer, shot his father five times, and then sexually assaulted and shot his stepmother, Susan. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So the only reason the the stepbrother was safe was because he wasn't home or he would have been killed as well. But poor Devin got to come home to this scene and basically lose his whole family in one night. Oh, my hell. That is horrible. Yeah. And this was just in 2010. This this is a recent. Yeah, he, he ended up pleading guilty to three counts of aggravated murder so that he could avoid the death penalty. And managed to find a way to kill himself in jail in 2015. Mm. Uh, why? I don't yeah. know. What do you think? Well, I, you know, I, I'm instantly hit with that energy of psychopathy. He was definitely a psychopath. Um, I suspect there were lots of other problems with him before this happened. I do feel like 
I think he had a psychotic break mm-hmm. and just went bananas. I don't feel like this was a planned thing. I don't feel like this was yeah. a um, for an intentional outcome kind of thing. He just he was seriously mentally ill. Yeah. Yeah. That's God. So awful. So awful. It just really makes me think about the boy who lived, you know, and yeah, to have to live with that the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. So all of our love still to Devin Griffin. Can you imagine what Halloween is like for him every year? Oh man, if I were him, I would be like on a desert island on Halloween every year. Right. I can only imagine what a trigger Halloween is for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have one more case, and this is a completely unsolved case with very little information about what happened. Okay. But this happened in Manhattan in 1981. Photographer Ronald Seisman and his girlfriend, Smith College student Elizabeth Platzman, were beaten and then shot to death in their Manhattan apartment on Halloween evening. And their apartment was completely ransacked, but it didn't appear that anything had been stolen. It's a completely unsolved case. What you think? I know that was a whole lot to go on. (laughs) Not much. It's drugs though. It's drugs. Mm -hmm. They had something that somebody wanted. I feel like they got mixed up in a bad situation and they had, I, I feel like a pretty significant quantity of um, something. I think it was heroin or meth. Heroin and, is what came through to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just feel like they had like this large amount and they were hanging on to it for some reason. They were refusing to give it back or sell it and they were just sitting on it. And um, that's, and so the person that they owed this to killed them. It's yeah. horrible. God, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. And, and like in that case, I feel like it had nothing to do with it being Halloween. These weren't no, uh-uh. it just happened that to cared be. that it was Halloween. Yeah, they were in some kind of a stalemate with somebody over this, and it was something that was worth a significant amount of money, and they were refusing to give it back um, or turn it over to them. And they uh, it was it was a single person. It was a man that that killed them. Playing a stupid and dangerous game and. Yes, yeah. got involved in something they really didn't understand and really put themselves at risk, sadly. Awful, just awful. It's really sad, yeah. Well, that's what when I read that, that the uh, apartment was ransacked, but nothing was taken, I was like, no, no something was taken. It was just yeah. something that they didn't expect to be there. Right, sure. Yeah. Boy, well, there you have it. Ten true crime Halloween cases. Yeah. So, uh be safe. Don't hitchhike. Please don't hitchhike. Don't steal drugs and hide them. If trick-or-treaters come to your house at like midnight, do not answer the door. Nope. Nope. It's, they don't get candy after what? 10 o'clock. That's the yeah. rule. If you don't know where the <laughs> Halloween party is, call somebody or use Google because do not go to a stranger's front door. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. We yep. can learn some things. Yep. If we can learn anything from these stories, it is those things for sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, those are 10 pretty big, pretty biggies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't egg. Don't egg. Oh, yeah. But don't egg anybody egg, either. You, you don't know what kind of the police. wackadoodle yep. is driving that car. Don't do it. Yep. Definitely. And actually, just for the next while, let's just say this. Everybody, just be especially careful. Yeah. People are super triggered right now. They're really, people aren't thinking. 
you know? So whether it's Halloween or not, can we all just vow to be especially careful to not engage in confrontation and to just really take care of ourselves Mm -hmm. and just be kind in every situation. Just be kind. Yeah, Yeah, definitely needs to happen. All righty. Well, happy Halloween, you guys. And thanks for being patrons. Enjoy yourself. Appreciate you. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Do something fun. And of course, you know, uh, we'll be back for all of our regular stuff this week. So watch for that as well. And you guys take care. Happy Halloween. Thank you.